Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Oh my goodness! Today I am so beyond excited for our special episode, special guest Maria Maso on the show with us. And let me tell you a little bit more about Maria. First of all, she is a passionate, driven, and successful entrepreneur and investor. She's super passionate about supporting early stage startups and investing in diversity. Fun fact: She has lived in over five countries and succeeds in both corporate as well as the startup world. Today, she's the founder and CEO of Business Angel Minority Association, short for BAMA. What a beautiful name! Uh, her goal is to bridge the investment gap in minority-led startups or startup targeting minority-driven markets, and is growing business angel network and community. Today, she is a huge thought leader, being recognized in Houston ecosystem. She has been recognized by Just Women magazine, Women Latino 2020 Award, and winning investment support. Category. She also recognized by Houston Business Journal with the Women Who Inspire 2020 Award. Last but not the least, she is recognized by Houston Exponential List, being the Diversity, Equality, Inclusion Houston Champion 2020. Oh my goodness, that is so incredible! With that, everybody, I am so beyond excited. Please welcome、uh, Maria. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, man, and thank you so much for having me in the show. I am so so glad to be here and and so eager to answer all your questions today. Yes, and Maria, wow, you have such a long journey. So take us, you know, from the beginning. How does all the magic get started? <laughs> yes, I I was born and raised in Barcelona. Barcelona is a、um, city in Spain, in Europe, and and I think that that、um, that.、Uh, Growing over there make me feel、uh, another speed. Make me feel things in another way. Always when I tell to people that I am from Barcelona, everybody say, "Wow, food is so good, and you have siesta." In a certain way, is that right? In Barcelona, you know how to to live. You know how to taste life, and that is what you, I grew up knowing, right? So my parents always give me this、um, the view that business was important, and they were entrepreneurs as well, and they were、um, business. Uh, people, but life was important. The balance between、uh, business and and having your own life was important, and tasting that life was important. And I think that it's it's the important、um, lesson that I had growing up. And then I started the corporate world. I, I joined Volkswagen Group at that point when I was around twenty. After I came back from a study in Paris. And and that opened my mentality to an, another different world, the the international world, right? Knowing that that there are things outside of your own town, that there are things outside of your own country, and that those things are amazing. Different cultures, different people, different way to understand the world. And I spent in corporation in doing IT for more than eleven years or twelve years. I don't remember too much, but that was a fantastic experience as a young woman to really be exposed to all these things, right? Because the IT industry is one of the more fast industries,、mm-hmm. and you have to learn, and you have to learn quick. 
and I was rolling out SAPs, outsourcing deals and things like that. And, and that was great for my developer at that point of time as a 20 years old. Don't ask me to do it right now because I don't have <laughs> any, that energy anymore, right? But at that point, it was amazing, right? And then um, uh, that after that, I decided to focus in, in our family and, and I quit my corporate job. And, and we came here to the States because personal reason after living, we lived in Barcelona first, then Paris, then... Uh, London, then Netherlands, and then we came to the States uh, because my son needs uh, some medical, my older one, I have three kids, mm -hmm. and my older one needed at that point some medical um, treatment and the best doctors were in the States. And as a mom, you just do whatever you have to do, right? So my husband and I, we moved here and we got those uh, those treatments and thanks God my kid is fantastically fine. He got a, a bone marrow transplant four years ago in Seattle and he's doing great. Um, in fact, five years ago already, five, time flight. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and, and we came here, we got what we need to do. And then now that the kid is fine and, and my older one, my younger one is already two. So I decided, okay, it's time for this lady to come back to business and to, to start to support the community again. Mm -hmm. So that is a little bit my, my story. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. What a journey. And first of all, I just want to comment that, you know, I, is it difficult to transition from home to business? Yes, it's it's a challenge. I think it's um, any transition is a challenge, and any transition, it's every challenge or every change that you have, it has a, a grief moment, right? So when you need to to just let it go and 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 accept where you are, but everything has positives and negative things. I always say that the fact that because medical reason I was on a stay at home mom for six years, it was it was a blessing as well, right? I, I I was able to do things with my second one that I never did with my first one because I was working like a, a crazy person, right? Mm -hmm. And with my second one, I had more time. But of course, I was missing then the conferences, the meetings, the other things, right? So I think that it is hard when you want to come back. But if you find that thing that it's what you like, mm -hmm. if you find the new balance in your life, mm -hmm. it's doable. And you have to find as well the people that will help you to come back. Mm -hmm. I love that. So why do you come back? What drives you? What do you want to come back and create? Um, for me was the fact, as mentioned, my, my older one had medical um, challenges. And when I when we were, my husband and I, in hospital and spending so much time in, in hospital beds, we realized that all that technology that someone invests on that before us, that was saving our family, right? And then I uh, was like, okay, we should stop to invest, or at least we should invest less in the stock market, in real estate, and all these things that, don't get me wrong, are good for your portfolio, but the meaning of that is not the same. When you invest in um, early stage uh, a startup, you are investing in the companies that you want to see in the future of your kids. And that is why I came back. I want to have a, a word on the future of my kids. I want to have a word on the companies that will be driving the future of my kids. And, and that is why I became a business angel. And that is why later we created BAMA to support the diverse entrepreneurs. Incredible. So now tell us more about BAMA. BAMA. BAMA is the Business Angel Minority Association. BAMA was created uh, because two things. The first one is because we realized that diverse startups or diverse founders were not getting the same founding that the, the old-fashioned founder, the white male founder, right? And that the, the numbers were crazy, crazy like... Uh, 
18% of, of the investment was for diverse startups against the, the, the white uh, male. Um, and in diverse, I am putting uh, women and I am putting diverse ethnicity, right? Anything that is diverse ethnicity. And we are checking about, and we are talking about entrepreneurs that are immigrants, and we are talking about first generation, right? Or second generations mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs. So it's diversity in the in the in the broaded um, way. Um, so first thing, the first problem we realized that those type of entrepreneurs were not getting enough funding, and then was like, why not? Why they are not getting enough funding in business angel level and in VC level? And then what we realized is that it was not because the ideas or the, the companies that they were bringing were not good enough. It was for two different reasons. The first one, friends and family. They didn't have the enough friends and family capital to arrive to um, to, be, to business angel level, right? Because the network, their network was not good enough or was not uh, strong enough in the States. And the second thing was the fact that, again, the network. To arrive to a business angel, usually you need to have a connection to that business angel group. It's not so often that business angel will invest in you if you don't know them at all. And the other thing is that if they don't know you and they don't have the same culture that you have, mm -hmm. you will speak to them and they will look like you like, what are you talking about? This is not a problem for me. Why I have to invest in this? No, it's a problem, right? So because they they don't, and that is normal, right? So I have the same with, with um, sometimes some problems that, I don't know, if you come to me with a Chinese problem, right? Mm -hmm. And you tell me, this is a big solution for this issue. And for me, it's like, okay, I never faced this problem. So I guess that you are right, but it's not, I am not familiar with that, right? So culture and experience and your bios play a big deal when you are investing in business angel level, right? So um, with BAMA, what we are trying to do is support those entrepreneurs that has different culture, different bios, different that. And why? Because the solutions that they are bringing are good, they are underfunded, and the fact that they are underfunded means that they have greater potential to give me uh, returns. So it's not charity, it's because we are targeting those greater returns. On the other side, when we check the, the investor, we have the same position. So women invest less, and diverse uh, investor invest less, so we are targeting those women, those in diverse investors, in order that they will be investing in diverse entrepreneurs. Mm. Wow, sense? it's beautiful. I feel like you are cultivating an ecosystem, supporting at both ends, from entrepreneur side as well as investor side. Then you really can cultivate a self-sustained, a beautiful ecosystem for that. Correct. And I think that I always say that it's not as much as the the check that we are doing today, it's about the community. Mm -hmm. You need to change the community in order that those entrepreneurs long-term will have funding. It's not just about one startup. We need to teach more investors. We need to activate more business angels. We need, because long-term, the picture will change. It's not just about one check. Mm -hmm. And why diversity means so much to you? Because it brings so much talent to the table. For mm -hmm. me, I, I have been living it so many times. And in my own life as well. Mm -hmm. Remember, I lived in five different countries. I am so used to see gray areas, right? Because nothing is black or white in the world. Mm -hmm. There are no right or wrong questions. Mm -hmm. Diversity will bring you a whole new perspective. And yes, at the beginning, will make life much more difficult because you need to understand that other person, the other 
point of view, mm -hmm. but then in the end, it's much more richer. And in fact, there are so many studios. For example, there are one of McKenzie that is saying that if you invest in a team that has diversity, you are going to get in average a 30% more of returns that if the team doesn't have diversity. Wow. That is a lot. 30% right? more. 30% more, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's not that Maria is saying that it's good. <laughs> it's that Mackenzie is saying that it's good, right? Yes. So the data is, is supporting that. Yeah. And, and, and that is why I am passionate about it. And for me, it's important to remark that because there are so many people that it's like, Yes, because my team is so diverse because we have someone that is black, the other one a woman, mm -hmm. and then a white male, and then a Chinese one. And it's like, okay, yeah, but all of you are from the same um, university from the same year. Mm -hmm. That is not diversity, folks. I'm sorry, because this mm -hmm. is just colors. Mm -hmm. But diversity means different backgrounds, means different bios, different mm -hmm ways to understand the world. Mm. At some point, the color is not enough. Do you know what I mean? I love it's that. It's bringing some diversity, yes, mm -hmm. but not the diversity that is bringing the value. I love that so much because I felt it's so easy to quote-unquote check the box when looking at this person of color or this is female. However, I really love what you said about diversity. True diversity is in the school of thought, in perspective, rather than on the surface, what you see. Yeah, yeah. And and you can check the box just with the surface, but it's not going to add you any value. So what do you see possible? Now, you know, Obama is really supporting whether it's female or all diversity founders. What do you see possible once a minority founder are rising? What the future you seeing? Um, I see much more diversity in the type of companies that we will have. Mm -hmm. I see much more diversity in how we are approaching the problems that we have, mm -hmm. because other people with other mentalities will bring a lot of value to the table mm -hmm. and they will approach the same problems with different solutions. Mm -hmm. And that will make us more efficient and that will make our mm -hmm. economy stronger. Mm -hmm. Specifically, can you comment on female founders? Because you mentioned yourself, you know, whether uh, in your 10 plus years experience in IT world and also you stay home for some time for the family and then coming back, what do you see for female founders and the challenge that she might uh, experience and... Um, what kind of uh, benefits or what kind of uh, upside when we can really invest in supporting female founders? I think that one of the challenges that we have as female founders is that we have to prove much more, right? So, or at least to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have this, um, I I have been working with, with men my whole life. Mm -hmm. And for me to go out and present something, it should be in a 99% perfection. And for them, with a 60%, it's fine. Let's go. Let's go for it. And I have to learn that I have to let it go and go with the 60%, right? Because yeah. the 60% is good enough. Yeah. And then I am wasting my time and I am wasting my money trying to arrive to the 99%. Yeah. And you can see that as well when you are when founders are, are raising. If you have a male founder or a woman founder, if she presents to you, she will be so well prepared, Yeah. right? And then that. he will go just with so much confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that he will just go for it, right? So we as women, we yes. need to learn from that. Yes. And we will need to be more confident and, mm -hmm. and know that we don't need to, to change perfection. We mm -hmm. just need to go for it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that is one thing. For the other hand, women, the, we have, or the majority of us, we have this capacity to 
see the helicopter view and to see problems from uh, an, another level mm -hmm. that make us fantastic entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are used to that. It's it's part of our DNA, or I don't know what, but it's part of who we are mm -hmm. to try to solve the problem from an helicopter view, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and give us another perspective on how we... Uh, how we answer solutions or how we give solutions to, to problems. And that is fantastic to be an entrepreneur. So I think that at the end, my, my answer to you is we need to work in our strengths mm -hmm. and identify our weakness. And then when we identify our weakness, you know that you have it and then you just work on that and then potential your strengths and go with that to the market. I love that. I love that number one thing you comment is about confidence. And I'm curious, Maria, today you are such a confident, strong leader. And I'm curious, do you always have that confidence? And what advice you give to her who may be right now looking at you and realize that, wow, I wish I can be like Maria. What advice you will tell her? I think that the first thing that she needs to know is that Maria has bad days as well. And Maria <laughs> has days that she's not so confident. And Maria has days that is like, I am not going to do that because I don't know what we are talking about. And yeah. it's so I think that anyone that you see out there mm -hmm. and that looks super confident to you, probably they are not so confident. And that at some point they mm -hmm. are as screw up as you, or, or at some point they are um, they need some more validation as you need, right? But the other thing that I will tell you is that I just spent a lot of time knowing myself mm -hmm. and trying to be honor to myself, right? When I was in my 20s, I remember that I had these people that I admire, my mentors, my and, and I tried to be like them, right? And then I realized at some point that that doesn't make any sense, that I am myself. And that if I try to be like someone else, even if I admire them, that will never work and that will never make my mm -hmm. best. So... Spending time to know who you are and who you want to be, independent and not taking care about the other ones of Maria's or, or the Stephanie's or wherever is in the world, um, that that will make you much more confident and that will make you much more successful. I love what you said, Maria. The confidence about looking in, inward rather than looking outside and taking what he or she doing and then trying to copy that part. Yeah. It's about how we share our authentic light to mm -hmm. the world. And when we find that authentic self, you automatically become such an incredible, beautiful, confident, badass leader <laughs> in the world. Yeah, that's the way to be. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so now, you know, Maria, interesting, you launched Obama in pandemic time, which is, wow, what a timing. Tell us about that journey and tell us about what do you see, you know, since pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect timing. I always say, if you want to launch a company, call me, I will tell you the time to do it. <laughs> oh my God, tell us more about that. <laughs> so basically that was just um, how it works. So at that point of time, I launched Bama with a friend of mine. She was our president. Now she is a big badass in, in another company, mm -hmm. so she cannot do it anymore. But um, but Juliana Gareiser, Juliana Gareiser and I, um, we met in, in fact, three years ago, right? In Halloween, in a Halloween party. I was upset because I was missing one of, one big deal and, and I was not getting the, 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 the email to invest in a, in a, in a, in a deal. 
And I was complaining to her. We were, she was at my place. We were trick-or-tricking with the kids. And I was complaining, this is not fair because I am in all the, the big things. And, I, and she was like, stop to complain and do something. You have the power to do it. You have the energy to do it. And you have the connections to do it. So create a, 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 an organization that will uh, be for people like you and me and that we will be investing in people like you and me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, when, when your friends give you this pet talk that is like, okay, just grow up, lady. You you can do it, and and that was the the beginning, and that was October th- three years ago or four years ago, and mm-hmm. um, and since then was the idea of Vama was starting to 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 grow, and in March um, March the sixth mm-hmm. in pandemia, just four days before the pan- the global pandemic start, we launched Vama here in Houston. Mm-hmm. The first idea was that Vama was. Um, going to be a global organization, but then the pandemic hit the world and the first year was more Houston organization than really global, right? Um, sorry, global meaning uh, national. And um, and we pivot, we pivot a lot. The first, the first month um, we had um, plenty of people that told us that they will join us and then they didn't join us because the, the whole craziness of the world and we were like, should we shut down or what we should do? And then we decide to pivot and go more for education and go to for this long ride that I was telling you, right? To to create the community that care about diversity and that and that will be investing in diversity long ride. And we launched the Diversity Investors Academy. That it's the academy under Obama that is teaching um, new uh, accredited investors to invest in early stage investment. Um, we launched some panels. We create, started to invest to create this community. And then after six months, people start to invest. People start to be there. And then this year has been amazing. We have been investing in plenty of deals mm. and, um, and we are still doing. We have at this point of time two due diligence in the table um, and going strong. Wow, uh, Maria, wow. I, what I love most about is how you truly having that tenacity. I want to be the change you want to see in the world. A conversation in a Halloween day inspired you to create this huge, uh, beautiful adventure. And six days before <laughs> pandemic, you launched your business. And I imagine the first you know, five, six months was not easy, to say the least. And today, looking at you know, how the Bama has you know, grown and scaled, which is so impressive. Um, I want to drill down to that journey a little bit, um, Maria. So tell us, what is the hardest thing you have to do or overcome in that journey of launching Bama? Because, you know, you are very opt- optimistic by nature. I'm sure there's a lot of days or moments you're not even sure whether you had a business, whether this is there's a market, there's an appetite for what you are building. So tell us, is there any moment, a day, an event come to your mind that was just so hard you don't know if you have courage to get a second day? Yes, definitely. Plenty of them. <laughs> I don't know where to choose them. I think that in general, my answer is accepting failure. So I fail and I fail a lot. And accepting failure is the hardest thing that you have to do. And Mm. if you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to accept that you will fail and that you will fail from 10 times, nine, you will fail and one, you will succeed. Mm -hmm. And that is hard. Um, For example, I remember in the first year that we had a pitch and none of our members invest in none of the startups. Mm. For me, it was like, what are we are doing wrong? Because mm-hmm. the startups were ready. We were presenting them at the right time. Mm-hmm. But the people was not ready to write the checks. Mm-hmm. 
And we did that, and then we did the second pitch, and they didn't invest. And I was like, wow, what? We mm. are doing all this work to present you these startups, and you didn't invest? It's you. Maybe you are not the right business angel for those startups. Maybe these are not the right startups for you. But then, looking, looking back at that point, I think it was just a matter of time, mm. right? And sometimes uh, there are some some um, things that even if Maria doesn't like it, it has to happen, right? Because those those members that needed to to see some startups before writing the first checks, and then the third one, they they started to write checks, and then the fourth one, and they, and now they are writing checks, mm. right? But at that point, for me, that was a failure, and it was hard in my in my ego, and mm-hmm. it was hard in 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 Bama because I thought because for me from the very beginning I was so sure or so. Um, I didn't want to create a networking organization. I want to create an investment organization. Networking organization, there are plenty of them. You have the Racket Club. You have plenty of networking organizations, right? And I I has been always so respectful of the entrepreneur um, time. And when I spend entrepreneur time or the, the entrepreneur time and I cannot give anything back, it's hard for me. It's mm. It sounds like a failure, but sometimes happens. Mm. And... I have to accept it and, and sometimes I do mistakes, sometimes mm-hmm. my team do mistakes and sometimes it's not just the right timing, right? Mm-hmm. So just accept that those mistakes will happen and accept that those failures will happen as an investor, as an entrepreneur, as everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, think in the long-term vision and in the long-term objective. How do you get over those failures? Because at the moment of it happens, it's pretty hard. It's going to really hurt not only your ego, your heart, you're questioning, oh my God, is it, am I doing the right thing? Is it the right business? Am I good enough even? How do you recommend, how do you self move forward? One, and secondly, how would you recommend entrepreneur or today founders who may be in those failure, in those um, still trying to figure out the product market fit and having those failure moment, how does she or he can move forward? For me, the first thing is to stop. Stop and think about yourself and and, mm. and and recover right from there. Recover because I think that plenty of people do the mistake to keep working to keep. And I think it's a lot about the American American culture that the more you will do it, the more will work. Mm-hmm. And not sometimes you just need to accept that it's a bad idea and close it right. Mm-hmm. But some um, some people keep keep trying, keep trying. If you if you do it, the, my kids always say this thing that. Practice will make perfection, mm. right? And and I think that plenty of us, we do that, right? And it's not true. Not always need more practice. Sometimes you just need to accept that this will not work, right? Mm. So the first advice that I will give always is that if you fail, stop. Take a day off. Just take care of yourself. Take care of cleaning your mind, cleaning your body, cleaning everything. Mm. Maybe a day, maybe a week, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. But stop. And, and I st- spend time to know yourself and how are you feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you deal with your feelings, then you will be in the position to take a rational decision. Mm-hmm. But if your feelings are there, if your ego is there, if your those things are there, you will never take the right decision, mm-hmm. right? So that is my first thing. And the second one is have a vision. Where do you go to go? Where do you want to go, mm-hmm. right? And that vision, it's bigger than a company. A company is just a small tool to arrive to that that vision, right? So maybe it's through that company, but maybe you need to close down that company and open another one 
and and because the other one will have an objective that will be more because the market fit doesn't work or mm -hmm. whatever is the reason, right? Mm -hmm. And it's fine. It's it's a failure and failures will give you closer to success. So mm -hmm. it's why not, right? So I think that having that vision will give you the whole picture of where you will need to go. I love that you mentioned about taking a moment, taking a day, just, you know, stop and really looking introspectively. I feel today in a startup world, a lot of people talking about hustling, talking about keep going, but none of us talking up about mental mental health or uh, just give us some, some grace. Like the moment that, oh my God, maybe I quote unquote, I'm not perfect, but just uh, acknowledging that and give ourselves some self-care and self-love and then move forward to keep going afterwards. Completely agree. And, and I think that even... If you are a solo entrepreneur, you can do it or not. But if you are a, a leader, mm -hmm. you have to do it. It's your responsibility because people is listening to you. People is it's following you, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be in your base shape mm -hmm. because when you have one of these failures, you are never in your base shape, never, mm -hmm. right? So you need to take that time in order to reshape mm -hmm. and be sure that when what you are giving to your team is the best that you have, mm -hmm. not just whatever is left after the failure. <laughs> I love that. So really is think about you are not just here for yourself. You are a leader. You have to take care of yourself so then you have more to give to your team, to your community. I love that aspect. So really, entrepreneur, if you not take care of yourself, you're doing your team a disservice. So pick your battle. <laughs> uh, next, you know, Maria, I want to pivot a little bit back to yourself. And I'm curious, you know, one, um, what, do you see, what is your definition of success? And with that, do you think you are successful? <laughs> Big one. Um, so for me, success, I think that for me, success is the, the middle point between three big things, right? The first one is my passion. Mm. Uh, and for passion, I will say over there, I have my family, I have my kids, my friends, my my passion to change the world, my passion to to love my husband, so many passions, mm -hmm. everything that mm -hmm. drives me to do things, right? Mm -hmm. Then my well-being, so my mental health, mm -hmm. my taking care of my body, taking care of of, of um, my intellect, taking, so I am always in, in the university trying to learn something else. I am always in different posts. My, my husband is always asking, when are you going to finish the study? Never, <laughs> never, because I love it. I think it's so rewarding, right? Keep working and keep learning things from, from other people. So yeah. my, my well-being is important for me. Mm -hmm. And then the financial independence. Mm -hmm. And for financial independence doesn't mean to be the mm -hmm. richest person in the world, but to be able to work in whatever in those other aspects whenever I want, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, success is is the point where all these three circles I meet. Love my wealth, mm -hmm. my financial independence, and my passions. Mm -hmm. If I found that point, that then is when I consider myself that I am successful. And to find that, it's again, when we come back to the first beginning, right? When I was younger, I didn't spend so much time to knowing myself. Mm -hmm. So it was very gray. Mm -hmm. what I want. Mm -hmm. So it was so difficult to know if I was, I thought that I was successful because I was climbing the corporate mm -hmm. ladder and I was getting more salary and mm -hmm. getting more responsibilities and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I was not really because that was not what I wanted. That was what the culture and the mm -hmm. world told me that I wanted. I want to be successful. I want to be mm -hmm. at some point a sea level, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be mapped in that challenging list or whatever list, right? 
but uh, but was not me, right? And then I had to make the work to know myself in order to know what is important for me and then work on that. And if you ask me, and you ask me as well, if I consider myself successful, I think that for me, no one is successful all the time. It's like the, no one is happy all the time, mm-hmm. right? So there are days that I say, okay, I make it. I make it and it's a balance and, and, and I have, I has been working in my passions and I has been, and I has been doing exercise and eating healthy and, and I has been, everything is working fine. And there are other days that, that I was telling before is like, I am not so confident. I don't know what I am doing. I have to close this company. I have to, this investment is not working and it's not, I don't feel so successful. So I don't think that no one feels successful all the time. I think that knowing where you are each day is what makes you successful. And knowing how to arrive to the next step is what makes you successful. I love that, Maria. You have such a level of self-awareness and knowing what you want, knowing who you are. And that is so powerful. You comment about a lot about knowing yourself and knowing who you are, what you want. I'm curious, what is one thing that you share with him or her who is listening right now, wanting to find more about themselves? How would they get started? I think that the first thing that you should do is just block time to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So block time to to <laughs> really know yourself. I think that, and I can see it with my kids, with my friends, everyone is always in a podcast or listening to podcasts or watching a movie or watching a YouTube channel or, or, mm-hmm. or reading a book that will make us the solution and blah, blah, blah. But we don't spend time with ourselves just walking in the silence of the mountain or just in the pool, just swimming, just in my thoughts. And so walking some time to be just with yourself an mm. hour per day, just thinking about how you feel, uh, mm-hmm. how was the day? I think that that is the starting point mm-hmm. to know yourself mm-hmm. because then you will start to know, okay, I am not sure why I am not happy because the whole day was supposed to be so good, mm-hmm. but for some reason I am not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you will have the time to to understand mm-hmm. why is that and 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 try to 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 fix it at some point. I really love what you said. Remind me of the book that I read, and the story goes: a nurse who are uh, she's responsible to take care of uh, the patient who is dying in a couple months, and she then listened a lot of life story about those patient about their biggest regret. She wrote a book about top five regrets that people have in common. And in her eight years' uh, time serving those patients, the number one regret that she shared is she, I'm paraphrasing it, is I wish I could live a life true to myself, not what others expect of me. Yeah, I think that this is the biggest mistake that we all of us do. And I do it as well. And and it's hard because you love that people or you admire Mm. that people. And then if they are telling you, um, you should be doing this or don't close this company because, and then it's like, okay, if they say it's probably it's right. Mm-hmm. But no, the, the the first people, the first person that you should care is about yourself mm-hmm. and, and what you think about it. And, and you have to, mm-hmm. to know it. Definitely. I completely agree. And I should read that book. Definitely. <laughs> also, such a beautiful note, because I think today in this beautiful world, we all have such a technology. You can plug in, I, you know, you can listen to podcasts all day long. There are so many books. There are so many movies. There are so many tech talks. You can never actually finish all of them. But I think I love that you make a point of saying it's not about all those great thoughts in the world. Most important, the most important relationship you have is with yourself. 
is figure out who you are, what you want. From that point of view, then you can make a decision, a choice, follow the school of thought, and continue to learn. And that's how you really share your light. Yeah, yeah. I love that,、um, Maria. Today you come a long way. Five con, five countries. Oh my goodness, multiple different identity. A businesswoman. Working in corporate startup and now investor world, I wonder what is your superpower? <laughs> no superpower here. No superpower. Say- well, if you ask to my two years old, he thinks that I have superpowers, but not really. <laughs> I don't have superpowers. <laughs> When I say that, it's more about what made you who you are today. What made you successful in this journey? Because you know you could just choose any other. You can just be a house stay home mother, which is fantastic choice, by the way. You can just be happy. You can just、uh, be in the IT world. You mentioned earlier, still continue rising in the corporate ladder. You can do a lot of different things. But today, you choose a path, one make in make impact in the investing world and supporting minority founder and all. Like you have such a incredible heart and passion. And you done impossible, in my humble opinion. In the COVID time, oh my God, you launched a business six days before that. Like,、yeah. who did that? Therefore, I'm asking you, what is your superpower in in terms of what made you successful? What made you get those, made those impossible become possible? When you were asking me this, I was thinking in the startup community book that I read, the one from the Bumble community. Um, I read it last week, two weeks ago. Well, I don't read. I don't read. I just audio books.、Um, but I re- I listened the book、um, two weeks ago, and it was talking about the giving mentality, giving、mm. first mentality, and I think that is the key, right?、Mm-hmm. So、um, if you give first、mm-hmm. and give it, and doesn't mean that you have to give always, right? So、mm-hmm. you give first, and then. Um, at some point, you you hopefully will get something back.、Mm-hmm. But the giving first mentality will make you、um, go ahead in any of your capacities、mm-hmm. as a mom, as a friend, as a as a businesswoman,、mm-hmm. as a student, as a whatever. Right? Even even as a as a mentor. Right? So I have mentors that are younger than me.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Mar, for example, or, or, or Mafe. They are they are ladies that are. Twenty something,、mm-hmm. and they are teaching me so many things, so many days, right? So it's like I learn a lot from them. But and then I have other ones like Stephanie、uh, Suru from here, from She Space. She opened a um, um, a space, a co-working space that is focused in women. So you can imagine how we we have the same passion、uh, about supporting women and how、mm-hmm. we. And help each other all the time, and she's a, I consider her a mentor as well because、uh, she she support me and but I support her as well. So the give first mentality will c- help you to have this superpower, right? So when you are truly generous with people, then people usually answer you and and support you to 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 grow as well. I love that you're such a community leader, and I love that you know through giving through contributing, you know that's how I see it is. When one plus one equals three, when we actually all come together, when we both want to give and support one another's growth, we see each other's success as our own success. We rise together collectively. Therefore, we I believe that's how we truly become stronger. Definitely, so so true, so true. Beautiful.、Um, I'm curious,、uh, Maria, if you would tell yourself a thirty years old self, what would you share with her? Mm. Slow down, lady. 
Yeah. I remember my dad always saying that, slow down, slow down, things will arrive. I remember that when I was 30, I was much more passionate. I think that, in fact, in business, I was much more passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in corporate world, if things didn't work, it was like personal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it is not, it's not. I guess that having three kids uh, evolving, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I am more mature. I am, I know myself much more. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't work, doesn't work. And, and then we go to the next one, right? And I take things much more easier than what I took at that point. So I will say slow down and take things under perspective and, and know that it's a long ride and you just need to show up and be there. I love that. Don't take things personal. And the first battle is just showing up. I think there's a quote I read somewhere is 90% of the game is just showing up. You are there, you are winning half of the battle. Yeah. And most importantly, don't take things personal. It's easy said and done, of course, if you are first-time entrepreneurs. Oh my God, this is your baby. Of course, it's hard, but you're like, don't take it personal. But the other thing to that is the other part of the coin of that is if you don't show up, it's not the end of the world, right? Tomorrow, the sun will raise again and tomorrow you will have another opportunity to show up. So Mm, sometimes some young entrepreneurs, I feel like if they don't get that opportunity or they don't take that opportunity, they feel that the whole world will stop. Mm. And then they kill themselves to arrive to that opportunity, right? And it's like, don't do that. It's the next one will arrive as well. And maybe that one was not for you, right? So if at that point, if you don't feel it's important that you understand where you are and who you want to be, right? So if, if it's not good for you, don't do it. You don't need to show up all the time, right? Take care. Take care, and, and then the next one will come as well. But yes, if you don't show up never, things will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> things will not happen. You need to work for that. <laughs> yes, uh, do show up in the right moment. In the right moment, and this is what you want. <laughs> yes. And since we talk about startup or entrepreneurship, uh, I'm curious, Maria, what is the biggest mistake you see founders make in the investing world that you are seeing? Not making your homework. My mm-hmm. point is here. So I see so many, um, or I had so many conversations with founders saying, I sent my application to here and to there and to this VC and to this VC and was like, do you know that this VC invests on this type or this mm-hmm. level? On, are you there? No. Why you are sending the, invita- the, the application over there? It's You are not fitting the, prof- the investment yes. thesis that they have. Mm-hmm. So don't send the application until you fit the investment thesis, mm-hmm. right? So do your homework or when they are in front of me, when I have people that we are doing um, the preselection of the startups and mm-hmm. they are asking me, what is Bama? It's like, you didn't spend even five minutes mm-hmm. to go to my website mm-hmm. and check what we are doing and which one is my investment thesis. Mm-hmm. But, but you cannot, you have to do your homework. The same that I have to do my homework when I am going to customers or when I am going to, to recruit more investors or so ever. So I think that do your homework is key. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and be sure that the investor know that you care and that you know them, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, the investor, it's a person in the other side of the table. Yeah. It's just a person. So know them. And and you have plenty of room already. Um, save it. Or you are much more closer to success if you know the, the person in the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
do your homework, knowing on the other side, it's just a human being <laughs> and you got this once you do the homework and make sure show up in the right time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, so I'm curious, you know, for our founders who are listening today, who did their homework, curious how to find you, how to be part of a Bama community. What would you say to her? So at Bama, our process is we have four pitches per year. Um, you have an application form that you send it through our website. Mm -hmm. And in that application, you have to add your deck and you have to add your executive summary and answer some questions. Mm -hmm. The first thing I will say, make your homework and be sure that, uh, that you fit our investment thesis. Mm -hmm. If you don't fit our investment thesis and, and you think that you will fit it in the future, you can apply as well, mm -hmm. and then you will be in the pipeline. But then don't be surprised if if um, if, if we don't allow you to pitch the first time. Um, and then yeah, over there uh, you have one hundred percent my commitment that we will check your application and that we will answer you if we if if we are interested to go forward or not. Wonderful. Well, listen up. Do your homework. Apply one of those four times and get ready because magic can it became. Uh, Maria, now I'm going to pivot back to yourself. And I'm curious, you, know, you make a lot of interesting choices along the journey, whether it's in corporate, stay home, or today, you know, leading this investment community. If you have this magic wand, and if you can change anything you want, would you change anything in your journey? Well, I think that I will not change anything because I am very happy where I am. And I think that my life is what I have. And Anything that you change will change everything, right? Uh -huh. So if uh, I don't think that you can just change one thing, uh, because even the the hardest times make me who I am, mm -hmm. right? So I always say my my kid, for example, yes, of course I will love that he will not had happen mm -hmm. for a bone marrow transplant, mm -hmm. but that bone marrow transplant makes us who we are, right? Mm -hmm. Make him who he is, and and I am blessed for that, right? So I will not change it because who knows what happens when you change that. So, but probably what I will do is give me more wisdom mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, so taking things in another way, taking, breathing in, you are breathing in right now. So sometimes I have that, right? The, the breathing and breathe out thing that when things happen, I still take it too personal or I still take it too passionate mm -hmm. and knowing or being more a master on breathing in and breathe out. That is what I will change. And giving me that power to know that just breathe in and breathe out and keep going, mm -hmm. um, that is probably what I will change. I love that. Breathe in and breathe out. Everything going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maria, you are such a passionate and driven um, entrepreneur. I love that about you. I'm curious, what inspired you and what legacy do you want left on this planet? So definitely what inspired me is my kids. Mm. Um, when I see, for example, my middle one, my middle one, it's a girl. Um, the other day she was going around the house with a, with a notebook. And I asked her, what are you doing? Because she was taking notes and was like, I am designing a, a, um, a city in Pluto. And was like, okay. <laughs> and was like, yes, mom, because I am going to be an astronaut and I am going to design a, a city over there. 
because we need to find other places to go on vacation. It was like, okay. <laughs> so definitely having someone, so having this influence in my girl, mm. having this influence that she can do whatever she wants, mm. right? That she can be whoever she wants and she can work in whatever she wants. That definitely inspires me to, to keep going, right? Mm. I remember uh, my, my older one, when I was doing my master degree, he was like, Mama is studying. We have to study as well because Mama is studying, right? So they constantly inspire me to be better. Mm. And what I want to give as a legacy in the world, I think that it's not super ambitious. It's just I want to leave it a little bit better than what I found it, right? I, mm. And and I have I has been blessed with some skills, mm -hmm. and I, I have the responsibility to put them to use, right? So I was. Uh, the last three weeks I was in Barcelona and I, and you know how in love I am about Barcelona and Catalonia and, and we have plenty of business meetings about how to develop the area and, mm -hmm. and so on. And I was in, um, I am in a group over there of, of women investors as well, We Rock. Mm -hmm. We Rock is a, it's a group of women that invest in women in Barcelona. Wow. And, and we were doing the pitch. So... My legacy is just my small portion of that, right? So being able to to support with my skills in the development of, of Catalonia or in the development of Barcelona, being able to invest in a, in a company over there with WeRock, mm -hmm. that is, will be my legacy and will be how I am going to influence in the future of the world. Wow, beautiful. My last question for you, Maria, is what does the American dream mean for you? Wow, big one. <laughs> American dream. American dream. I will say it's... For me, American dream means it's possible. For me, it's you can do it. For me, it's, there are no boundaries, right? The mm -hmm. boundary is my own limitations. Mm -hmm. and, um, and if something... I learned here and from the American people now that I am both American and, and Spanish. I have both citizens, mm -hmm. right? And, and I am very proud to say that I am American because for me, American means um, that you can do it. That if you, if you have a vision and you want to change something, you can find the right um, resources to do that mm -hmm. and, and do it and make it possible. And I think that this is really a dream, right? That, that the... The American culture is is so young that you can be part of the shaping of that of that culture and the shaping of of that country, and that it's amazing, right? In Europe, we have so much history, so much past mm -hmm. that it's much more difficult to do that, right? Because everything is much more established. Mm -hmm. Here, the American dream is that it's possible. You can just mm -hmm. start to build it. Wow, I love that, Maria. Truly, everything is possible. And I love that you have such a beautiful tenacity to able to be the change you want to see in the world and shaping the history, shaping the, shaping the culture and the country to the direction that you want to see, which is just so inspiring. And with that, you know, thank you so much, Maria, for joining us. You know, your insight and your beautiful journey is just truly impactful. I really appreciate you coming here, share the journey. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. I hope you enjoy as much as I do. And uh, really uh, appreciate you all, you know, listening. I hope to see you all next time. Bye, guys. Hi, thank you.